Don't look for God. Look for goodness. Train your eyes for goodness. For the myriad of ways God shows up for you. In moments of mercy, in moments of unexpected love, in moments of forgiveness, in moments of sheer joy, in moments of healing. Those moments tell you a simple yet profound truth. God is present with you and for you. Your life matters to God. So keep your eyes open. Acknowledge the goodness in your life, the beauty that springs up through barren earth. Look for goodness, and in your looking, you will fill your eyes with God. Amen. Good morning, Stone Village, and happy Sunday. I hope that all of you are well and safe in this world. All is well in my world. The Lord be with you, and let us pray. Prepare us, O God, to hear your word through the scripture of this day. Confront us with your claim upon our lives. Clarify the choices we must make if our lives are to have meaning and purpose. Help us to respond to the one who came as the bread of life, so we may know life at its fullest and at its very best. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The reading today is from Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. He also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground, and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? <laughs> it is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest seed of all the seeds on earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nest in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables as poor people, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> when I was a little boy, for a time, I was convinced Elvis Presley's home, Graceland, was located not far from my home in Hilliard. This is a true story. I shared my belief with my mamaw, and she told me no. Graceland is in Memphis, Tennessee. Ohio and Tennessee are different states. I replied, I think you're wrong. I saw Graceland the other day when you were driving. Her brow furrowed, and she reiterated Graceland was not in Hilliard. Time passed. We were in the car again. I'm sitting in the back seat and Mamaw turned onto Hayden Run Road. And there it was, 
Elvis Presley's house. From the back seat, I shouted, Mama, look, it's Graceland. I told you it was here. I then asked if we could stop and take the tour. They spoke about a tour on 60 Minutes. She started laughing and said, John, that's not Graceland. Although I admit it does look a lot like Graceland, but it's not Graceland. I felt certain she was lying to me. <laughs> so I started to cry. In between my sobs, I accused her of being mean to me. When we arrived home later in the day, she pulled out an encyclopedia and showed me Ohio and then Tennessee. She spoke about the similarities between the house and Hilliard and what she could recall of Elvis's home. Both were brick, both had white columns, both were on a hill. So she could understand why I thought the house in Hilliard was Graceland. <laughs> Yet it was not Graceland. After the encyclopedia tutorial, I did slowly, slowly begin to believe her. <laughs> Yet it took time. And there remained a slight sliver of suspicion that she was wrong. It's a cute and funny story. <laughs> and my misguided certainty can easily be attributed to my age. Honestly, when I was a boy, I thought the entire world existed in the city limits of Hilliard. Of course, I now know I was wrong. Graceland is not located in Hilliard. Yet I do wonder how much my seeing has changed from my boyhood to my adulthood. We tend to see what we want to see, what we have been taught or told to see in what we expect to see. For most of us, I suspect, we trust our eyes to reveal what is real and what is true, which is our default orientation, perspective, towards other people, the world, and our own life circumstances. Of course, this approach has its benefits. It is easier, it is definitive, and it is more efficient. <laughs> However, it is not without problems. A seeing is believing attitude assumes life is limited to what we can see, to physical and tangible realities, which always keeps us skimming across the surface of life. Over time, I have become convinced a primary purpose of scripture is not just to tell us what to see, but to teach us how to see. Paul reminds the Corinthians, we walk by faith, not by sight. Samuel looked on Elab and thought he was the Lord's anointed, the next king after Saul. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Too often human seeing is outwardly focused and appearance based. God seeing, however, 
is inwardly focused and heart-based. This is not a rejection of outward, invisible appearances, but the recognition that our life in world is not limited to what we can see. For every outward appearance we see, there is a deeper inner reality. So a seeing is believing attitude is too limited, too narrow, and too small. It cannot reveal the fullness of God's life and presence among us. It offers us no hope for reconciliation, forgiveness, healing, understanding, or transformation. It says to us, this is as good as it gets. So if that's how we see our life and world, then we may need to learn to see differently. And we are always being invited into a deeper way of seeing, which is what Jesus' parables read to you moments ago are all about. They are the lens that aligns human seeing with God seeing. They give us a glimpse into God's kingdom, even as we look at the things of this world. Parables ask us to see in a different way, and they rarely, actually they never, give clear definitive answers. Instead, they sharpen our focus and cultivate a deeper vision. Parables ask us to let go of seeing is believing and trust that there is always something more going on below the surface than what we initially see. I think we all know looks can be deceiving. And we all have our Gracelands in life, as children and as adults. Those people, places, and things we are certain about, which we then restrict or judge due to our limited seeing and understanding of God's creation. And unfortunately, not all of us have a mammal to give us an encyclopedia tutorial on how misguided our seeing truly is. Did you know in the first century, mustard was considered a weed? We now know that mustard is not a weed. Just like we now know the earth is not flat, a widely held belief into the 17th century. And we also know that Jesus was not Caucasian, clutches pearls, what? <laughs> and the list of misconceptions, misinformation, and misguided opinions goes on and on and on. So don't settle for the first glance. Look again. Look more deeply. Shift your stance. Change your perspective. Ask questions. Wrestle with answers. Be open to the possibility of more. There's no harm in being wrong. There is harm, though, in being willfully ignorant. Thanks be to God. Amen. I give thanks to God for each of you, and I pray this day you bear witness to the love of God in this world. Bear witness to the love of God to those to whom love is a stranger. They will find in you a generous and loving friend. In the name of Christ Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. 
I love you stoners. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you soon. Bye.